0: 99. Preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on Sunday, October 27, 1974. Nehemiah's Dilemma. 2 Kings, the 5th chapter, 15th through the 19th verses. 2 Kings, the 5th chapter, beginning to read the 15th verse. Then Moaman returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him and said, Behold, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel, so accept now a present from your servant. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will receive none. Naaman urged him to take it, but Elisha refused. Then Naaman said, If not, I pray you, let there be given to your servant two new burdens of earth. For henceforth your servant will not offer burnt offering or sacrifice to any God but the Lord. In this matter may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master goes into the house of Rimmon to worship there, leaning on my arm, and I bow myself in the house of Rimmon, when I bow myself in the house of Rimmon, the Lord pardon your servant in this manner. And Elisha said to him, Go in peace. Amen. Today I would like to speak with you on one of the royal virtues of life, loyalty. We all know what loyalty is. It's indispensable for true character. The late Robert McCracken has called it the cement of society, and he means is not only a personal quality, but it is that one thing that is needed in all realms of society to hold our various institutions together. Without loyalty, a home, a church, a business, or a nation, will not long survive. It's one of the indispensable things that we must have with God and ourselves. Well, we're going to find the happiness, the joy, and the success that God has intended us to find. Now, our problem is not knowing how to be royal. No, no. Our problem usually stems from trying to deal with conflicts of loyalties. You see, we are in trouble when our loyalty to God, which I understand from the Bible, is to be supreme and paramount, when that particular loyalty is in conflict with the loyalty that you and I have for our homes, for our businesses, and for America. And if I understand the word of God correctly, one of the things that God over and over and over again through the prophets and through his own son Jesus Christ is to warn us not to get into a conflict of loyalty Especially when the supreme loyalty of God is first and must be first in the lives of all people. The commandments say that, number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Loyalty to Jehovah. Jesus said this in the Sermon on the Mount, seek first the kingdom of God, and all other things will be added unto you. Remember when Christ was asked what is the greatest commandment? He took the negative, thou shalt not and turned it into a positive thou shalt. But it said the same thing. You must have loyalty with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength to God. This is the first commandment. On, On this hangs all the laws of the prophets. But nevertheless, even when we know this, we are people who continue to have conflicts in our lives. Is this like Naaman? Naman was a good man. He had a good job. He was commander of the Syrian army. He had a good boss. The king of Syria was a good man. He had a good wife, a good family. He was a good citizen. He was well respected by his peers. He was a kind of a man, a community, a nation. A religion depends upon. Everything about Naaman was good, including the good case of leprosy that he had. His body was sick. He tried the best of doctors, the latest medicines, and when he found out that there was a prophet in Israel who probably could heal him, Mormon went to Israel, and there he sought out Elisha. And we can read it in the first part of the third chapter of the second book of Kings, uh, after his anger, his and his pride had been humbled. Mer man hit seven times in the Jordan River and he was healed and the Bible said that his flesh was restored to the flesh of a little child. Herman was healed and in the process like anyone who has had a living experience with God, where God has made himself real and where the individual has found the presence and the power of a personal Savior. Roman became converted. (laughs) Yes, he became converted to our God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Roman became a part of us. And he vowed on that particular day that never again. Now that he had found God, never again would he bow his knee to any other god. Never again would he give a burnt sacrifice or worship any other god but our God Jehovah. <laughs> and no longer had he made that vow until he realized he had to go back to Syria. And in those days in Syria, they didn't worship our God, they worshiped a another God. A man knew that if he was going to keep his job, if he was going to provide for his household, if he was going to be considered a respectable citizen of Syria, he would have to to bow at the house of women he would have to bring conflict into his loyalty to Jehovah he would have to compromise his faith now we can sympathize with man and because in this conflicting busy demanding age in which we live You know what it is, don't we, Tim? Have conflicting loyalties. What do you do when your loyalties conflict? I'll tell you what you do. You do the same thing I do. And it's the same thing Naaman did. We compromise. And compromise and compromise. Let's hate it. We are a compromising people. (coughs) Oh, we love God. We worship Him. Aren't we here today? There's been nothing else going on which was better, demanded our attention this day. (coughs) We love Him. We give Him our money. We support Him. We believe in the Ten Commandments. We try to do under others if we possibly can. We pledge our loyalty to God, and then something comes up, and our loyalty to God is threatened by our devotion to our home, and we compromise with our belief in God. Something tests our devotion and demands our loyalty at business. And it's in violation to that for which God stands. so we compromise the teachings of God. (laughs) Our nation does not behave. we compromise with the teachings of God. As we know what it is to have our loyalties conflict, every day it happens in your life and in mine. We are constantly compromising on this devotion that we claim we have to God. You and I, we have Mormon's dilemma. And we spend so much time, get so upset, work so hard simply because we allow our royalties to conflict. when are we ever going to learn but once you begin to compromise your loyalty to God, you have no more loyalties either to home, to church, to business, or to our nation. When are you going to learn that truth? Remember Saul, King Saul? God told Saul at one time in one of his raids in a religion that they understood in that day and which we find hard to interpret in the teachings of the life of Jesus Christ. Saul, make sure you kill every Amalekite. But Saul thought he knew more than God. And on the raid, he allowed some of the Amalekites to go free. And then it came time for Saul to die. The one who took the crown from off his head and stripped the jewelry from his arm, the one who put that great king to death was none other than Amalekite. Don't you get it? When we compromise on the teachings of God, those compromises come back to destroy us. And we don't learn. We think we can continue on in this sophisticated generation, allowing our loyalties to conflict. And we serve this God and that God, always compromising with the true God. And then we wonder why we are in trouble. God alone knows what happened to men. And God alone knows what will continue to happen to those of us if we remain steadfast in our compromising. You don't know what happened, really. Only God knows what happened to men. He died. You know that his great nation, to which he was so loyal, it failed. the Syrian empire collapsed, you know. If he still had a place living when the empire collapsed, he certainly would have been without a job. And how about that God that he felt he owed so much loyalty to? That God has disappeared. I don't know anybody today who worships the God called Rimen.
1: Did you see
0: what happens when we begin to compromise in our loyalty to God? There's things for which we want to be loyal have not our loyalty anymore. When are we going to learn that the greatest insurance that we have for our homes, our churches, our businesses, and our nations come when we are loyal, first of all, to God? And then their loyalty will find their proper priority. Where are we going to learn this? To me, I believe it's the church that has to be the constant reminder of this particular truth of life, that when you compromise, you lose, if you compromise on the teachings of God. Where else can we learn this in history except through the church and the teachings of Almighty God? Do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, that we of the Christian faith are here today in this particular place simply because 2,000 years ago, one person, one person refused to compromise his belief in our Father in heaven. He could have come down off that cross. He could have called for a legion of angels didn't want to die. He loved his work. He loved his family. He loved his nation. And that's exactly why he did die. Because he believed that it was the will of his Father in heaven. And today we walk around branded with the lovely name of Christian. Because one person, one person, refused to compromise with his God. And we of the Protestant denomination, we who today are among the various 250 more denominations who are meeting in this free power of worship which we possess. Do you realize we United Presbyterians, one of those more than 250 denominations, we are here today and we have our freedom to worship and to pray as Mr. Bruder has thanked God for in his prayer for us. We have this freedom and this easy access to God because one person in the 16th century on the 31st day of October in 1517, refused to compromise with his conscience or with the belief that he had in God's word speaking to him and who nailed on a church door at Wittenberg, Germany, his 95 theses. This is a great day for Protestantism. It's the day we remember Martin Luther, one person, in those ensuing months and years was thrown out of his job as a monk, who was threatened and then excommunicated from the church that he loved and in which he was ordained, that he was brought before a group of not only his church leaders but also the princes of state as well, and who at the Diet of Worms had to stand before king or the emperor Edward, as well as the princes of the church, and he was asked and told to recant of those things that he had written with his pen in his tracks and had spoken in words from his pulpit. You remember that great moment in history when he was asked to think over the seriousness of the stand which he was taking, and he replied both to the emperor and to the kings of the churches. I found it neither right nor safe to go against the teachings of God and the dictates of my conscience. Here I stand. I can do no otherwise. God help me. I don't want to oversimplify the situation. I honestly believe in my heart that the problems we are suffering from in America today, whether they be political problems, social or moral problems, spiritual problems, and yes, even the economic problems, they are caused by compromise compromise with the teachings of God, and not one of them is going to be healed, until you return to those teachings which we know through Jesus Christ and stand on them. Now, it's not going to be easy. I plead for you people. Join with me in trying to do something about this. I know you people in business, you have problems that a preacher can't even imagine. I don't envy you having to make decisions and meet payrolls and produce a product and and deal with the unions and every other type of problem that comes before you today. It's not easy. I know in the church it's not always easy to stand on the message and the mission for which we have been committed. There are loyalties fighting all the time for not only our time, but for our money and for our message. You people who have been destined by God not only to grieve, but to bring up the leaders of tomorrow, it's not going to be easy to help these young people who are facing challenging royalties that maybe some of us don't even know anything about. It's not going to be easy for our statesmen. I don't care what judicatory they serve, to be able to stand against the populace of today and maybe say no to some demands of people who know not what they ask. God help us if we don't take that stand, because if we don't, who will? But if we don't quit compromising, God will have to help us, because we won't be able to. We'll just be playing around still with Naaman's dilemma. The world yet waits to see what God can do with a person. He will completely dedicate him or herself to God and his message. Pray God, maybe that person is listening today. Amen. Father, help us to remember who we are, that we have been called by you to be a holy nation, a peculiar people, people who are to declare the truth of him who called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Father, help us to realize we live not only in the truths that have been run for us by our historical ancestors but help us to realize we too make history today for the people of tomorrow help us to give them something on which they can stand help us to stand in your truth and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you all now and forevermore Amen.